God. Well, give the Lord a shout. I'm going to need you guys back. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Do you have your Bibles? Father, in the name of Jesus, as we approach your holy word and the things you've spoken to us today, we open our hearts. We set our faith. We believe that we receive. Glory be to God what your plans are for the total, absolute, complete prosperity of this gathering today, including anybody and everybody that will ever watch it from anywhere in the world and are watching now in real time because there is no distance between us and them and you are right there with them today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Oh, how we thank you, Father. Oh, how we thank you, Father. For the expansion has already happened. This has already been done. Oh, glory be to God. I have something very specific to talk to you about for a few minutes today. The Lord, as always, but certainly of late. And a lot of the direct instruction of being able to get somewhere in an assembly like this has to do as much or maybe more with the hearer than the speaker. And we have come to a place after all this time of maturity that it's changed the way God can talk to me about you because you've changed the way you're receiving. Do you understand? So it's changed. it. So the Holy Spirit's here to help us today. And he's talking very clearly about some of these things. And I believe you will not leave like you came in Jesus' name. Will you open your Bibles, please, to 2 Samuel chapter 1. Glory be to God. Woo, glory be to God. Um, I'm going to take a little side note here because I'm really going to go to two openings, 2 Samuel 1 and Ephesians 6, so have those at the ready. But uh, before I read 2 Samuel 1, I want to read a verse out of the book of Isaiah, and we'll bring it up on the screen here. It's Isaiah chapter 52. And uh, it's going to be verse 5, Isaiah 52, 5. And we're just going to look at it in the Amplified Classic, if you don't mind, uh, <clears throat> from the booth up there. Look at what it says. It says, "For but now what have I here, says the Lord. This is the Lord asking a question. Yes, sir. He's looking at his people. So what have we here? Seeing that my people have been taken away for nothing. And look now, those that rule over them howl with joy, says the Lord. And my name is continually blasphemed all day long. When your enemy is rejoicing over what he's been able to do to you, the name of the Lord is being blasphemed. Let me try that one over here. This may not sound really like a, an upbeat message, but it, I want you to know it is. Because when you're laughing, you're triumphing. And when you walk in here mourning and sad and grieving, you got the wrong spirit on you. And you're blaspheming, literally blaspheming the name of your God. <laughs> 
You know, the scripture says in Psalm 16, I can prove it to you. Psalm 16, Psalm 15 talks about in your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In your presence is fullness of joy. You will not let your Holy One see corruption. In other words, no matter what corruption is going on around me, I have a covenant with you. And, and of course, this is King David saying it, but he's saying it about Jesus. My flesh is not going to rot in the grave. Because I have a covenant. Your Holy One will not see corruption. I've focused on your right hand. And at your right hand are pleasures evermore. In the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. By the time you get into to Psalm 16, it tells us, and I'm not going to turn there for time's sake, but it tells us that sorrow is a drink offering to a false god. Every time we're walking in sorrow... We're actually offering up incense to demons. The name of the Lord's being blasphemed. We're having a pity party. We're acting like the covenant doesn't work. I'm all alone. I don't know why it hadn't happened. Why hadn't God come through? You better check up on yourself because that is the epitome of pride. Any delay is not on God's end, friend. And so this gospel was meant to be lived with joy. Jesus, and when you hear the word of the Lord, you have to hear it with joy. That's why Jesus said to his disciples, these things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might be in you and that your joy might be full. Tells me when people are sad, he hadn't spoken anything to them. Or they didn't hear what he did speak. I was going to preach in a maximum security penitentiary once, and I said, Oh, Jesus, I want to preach like you preach. I want to, I want to, I want to minister like you ministered. I want to do it, you know. And uh, like a man sitting in the back seat, some of you heard this story, but I was on my way to Palestine, Texas, preaching in a maximum security penitentiary. And the Lord said to me, very clearly, He said to me, Son, Obey the Holy Ghost and you will, for after all, that's what I did. So how's this going to happen? The Holy Ghost, that's how. <laughs> Glory be to God. And he's here today. And he's on you today. And you need to know the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's righteous peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is a joyful spirit. Holy Ghost isn't sad and moping around. He's not acting like Jesus is still hanging on a tree and the demons are dancing. The Holy Ghost is the voice of victory. Oh, glory be to God. Oh, yeah, glory be to God. When you're full of the Holy Ghost, you laugh, you sing, you bubble over, you're excited. Glory be to God. So I want to read something to you here that's very specific because it pertains to some revelation along those lines, and it's 2 Samuel chapter 1. Now, most of you may know the story a little bit of King David and his anointing and how that he was brought into Saul's palace and Saul got jealous of him and threw spears at him and made some mistakes and actually depression came on Saul and so forth. David ran uh, from Saul. He lived in caves at times, and there's a whole story behind his journey to the throne. But we're about to read how uh, the, the excerpt, just two verses, about what David, how David responded when he heard that Saul had been killed in battle. 
And it's going to be very important because there's some specific phrases that you need to understand about what we have and who we are because of the anointing. Oh, glory be to God. Oh, glory be to God. And let's read this. And I was going to read verse 21, but let's read verse 20 and 21. Actually, verse uh, 19. We're going to read three verses. The beauty of Israel is slain upon thy high places. How are the mighty fallen? Now, David, and you see the exclamation point there. David had such a love for Saul that even though he was throwing spears at him, he respected the anointing so much and the kindred spirit he had with Jonathan and the covenant he had so much that at one time when God delivered Saul into his hands, he just cut off the bottom of his robe and then his heart smote him and said, I touched the Lord's anointed. And here he hears through a messenger that Saul has fallen on the battlefield. And instead of rejoicing, whoo, it's my time now. Thank God you delivered me from my enemy now. That wasn't his response at all. He began to weep and fall to the ground and say, oh, how the mighty are fallen. How the mighty are fallen. Now, earlier there was an exhortation here that Jacob had about David being a man after God's own heart. And this is a part of his character that made him like that. He didn't rejoice over the demise of others. In fact, the book of Proverbs says that if you do rejoice over the demise of others, the Lord will see it and be displeased. And he will not be inclined to help you in the day of trouble. When you know God is for you, who can be against you? Men are not your barrier. No man shall stand before you all the days of your life. Get on the giving side of life. And quit worrying about what men can do. Amen. David fell and said, how the mighty are fallen, how the mighty are fallen. And look at what he said, rising up out of his heart and certainly by the Spirit. Don't tell the enemy. Don't tell it in Gath, which is Goliath's hometown. Don't let, it, don't let them know Saul's dead. Don't publish it in the streets of Ascalon, lest the daughters of the Philistines rejoice and the daughters of the uncircumcised triumph. Do you see this? He said, I don't want the enemy to know. A lot of people blame ministries for always preaching what God has done and the victories. And, and, and what they say is, well, you know, everybody has a story and you're just not being real and, and uh, everybody got issues and problems. Okay, here's the deal you need to get. We already knew all of that. I'm not in here to talk to you about what you already know. I'm here today to talk to you about the stuff that'll fix all that mess. I'm not hiding anything. I just choose not to let Gath know that the enemy had any play in my life at all. I'm not going to glorify what the devil did. I'm not going to blaspheme the name of the Lord so that the uncircumcised daughters can howl with joy. Glory be to God. Scripture says in Isaiah 26 that other gods besides you have had rule and dominion over us, but we will mention your name only. 
Decide right now you're going to quit talking about your mountain and start talking to your mountain. Decide right Glory be to God. Decide right now you're going to run at your Goliath with your mouth wide open. Said, big boy, you may have taken everybody else down, but you've had a bad day today because you came up against a covenant man. Because what you see in all I got, and you're not fighting one man to one man today. Glory be to God. My God is for me. Woo, my God is for me. Now look at verse 21 because this is really where I wanted to focus for a moment. It says this in verse 21. It says, Ye mountains of Gilboa, let there be no dew, neither let there be rain upon you, nor fields, look at this phrase, nor fields of offerings. For there the shield, say the shield, shield. of the mighty. Say the shield of the mighty. Say it again. The shield of the mighty is vilely cast away the shield of Saul as though he had not been anointed with oil. He's not just talking about the fact that Saul was anointed. He's talking about Saul's shield. Did you hear what I said? He's talking about the anointed shield, the shield of the mighty. Glory be to God. I want to make a couple of comments about it because we are so Greco-Roman inclined with philosophical learnings that we we don't really understand medieval warfare, uh, ancient covenant talk, and those kinds of things. And while I'm not here to give you a history lesson, I just want to let you know that in antiquity, and especially in the battles of antiquity, the most disgraceful thing a soldier could ever do was come home from battle without his shield. When he says the shield has been vilely cast away, he's basically saying that the dust of battle and the blood of warfare is on an unpolished shield and it's just left over there on the battlefield like the person that used it had no real worth, cast out like refuse and trash. And we're talking now about the anointing. We're talking about how people treat the anointing with such common disregard. And then wonder why there's no fields that are producing fruit for their offerings. David is saying that because the anointing came on Saul and he was king of God's covenant people and they were on the mountains of Gilboa which were surrounded by fruitful fields that when Israel was in right covenant relationship with God flourished. I mean, I I got a picture that I I haven't prepared to show today because I didn't think I'd talk about this. But we have a friend um, that actually is... uh, Brother David Greathouse first introduced us to and is known for years, but his name is Rick Johnson, and he's now in uh, Myanmar, and he's got orphanages and schools and other things, and there's a whole story behind it. But he's got a picture how that they literally have um, the, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what they call it, Jehovah Farms or something like that. But point is, is there's very small percentage of Christians all over Myanmar, and they have rice fields, and they have seven acres, and they produce, I mean, 
multiple, 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 multiple tons of rice off of that seven acres. And they bag it up with a bag in their language that has John 3.16 on it and take it to the Buddhist priest to feed them. So they're in the Buddhist, they're, they're in the, the Buddhist temple and they don't, know, they don't know anything about the Bible, but they're feeding them bags and bags of rice to last for a whole season. And they're saying, can we tell you a story? And he's got a picture how that the Buddhist fields, rice field next to their rice fields, you ought to see it. It literally, I mean, the picture tells the whole story if you can see the picture. There it is. Guess which one's the Buddhist one? Guess which one the Lord is blessed? He said, we keep witnessing to them and telling them why our field's growing. But so far, he said, they won't listen. Now, here's a picture. And by the way, they're planting churches now, have about seven churches, and, and we can probably plant a church a month if we get involved with them there in Myanmar. And we're, we're, there's just some things happening all over the world. But this is such a picture because what, what these people are doing, they don't realize what they're doing, but God created earth and gave it to men. Amen. Yes, he did. Let me ask you a quick question. This is not a hard Bible. You don't have to be a PhD to figure this out. It's very simple if you've read any of the book of Genesis at all. When Adam and Eve made certain decisions, did it affect the planet? When Isaac, based on the covenant, planted right in the middle of famine, did his field look like this? Where one foot away off his property, the Philistines couldn't get anything to grow. It all has to do with the honor of the covenant. This is what David is talking about when he's saying when Saul dies in battle, he is saying, oh, fields of Gilboa. They've treated the anointing with utter disregard and the God who bestows the anointing that made him king, who gave, therefore, because of the anointing and put him over the covenant people, God's fields had flourished because of the anointing. And he's saying they've treated the anointing like a thing of utter disregard and thrown it aside. And now the very earth is going to respond to the, to the might, how the mighty have fallen. And it won't yield. There'll be no dew on our crops. The ground that used to grow plentifully, so plentifully, in fact, that all of God's people at feast time would have tithes and offerings to bring. Well, no longer, there'll no longer be fields of offerings because of the way we've treated the shield of the anointed. Glory be to God. My, 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 my. So there's a couple of statements about this. Gilboa, it affected, when this anointing fell, it was cut down on the battlefield. It affected the very atmosphere of the geographical location where he was. He was killed in Gilboa. So where the event happened began to affect the very location. I have a friend, um, and I won't tell you who it is or where it is. It doesn't matter, but 
uh, none of that really matters. The point is what happened, and I know the people personally and have talked with them personally, so this is not a second or 15th hand story. Uh, he, he got a, a, a building that had been occupied by another church and different things was going on. But he said he'd get in there and they'd pray and they'd just, they'd just keep pushing and they'd get to a cat wham and they'd hit the ceiling and they'd just like the anointing would come and, and it, it'd be so strong, but it just would. <clears throat> and finally, uh, I, I, I didn't know much of the story and I wasn't privy to this part, but he had talked to me about it and I talked to him about some things. And now, of course, then when it unfolded and he really, I said, the Lord's going to show you exactly what this is. I said, there's something that took place. In this territory here, that has created a spiritual cap. Are you listening to me? And I talked to him about that, and so we left. Well, sure enough, here's the thing, and I, and I want to talk to you about this briefly. I didn't think I'd get this deep into it, but you need to hear it. It's, it's of the Lord. Turns out that the the people that had it prior, they weren't. Not that this totally matters, but it does. They were not a Holy Ghost church. And they had other things go on. And one of the things they had go on with the pastor was he had an, a moral failure. Well, that can be recovered from and completely restored. And it doesn't have, you don't have to have a broken covering just because somebody has a mistake. Because God's a forgiver. And he's a restorer. But here's what they did that gave the enemy access. This... Uh, this person that he was talking to, uh, and I know both of them, he asked him, all of a sudden it just came up in him to ask, did any money change hands? He said, you know, funny, why should you ask, why do you ask that? He said, I just want to know. He said, it's a funny thing you ask because the, I don't know if it was the board or the pastor himself, but he paid hush money to this woman. So it wouldn't come out. And he said, that's your trouble right there. Satan has bought his way in here. You need to understand that's exactly what Ananias and Sapphira were trying to do in the glory in Acts 5. That is exactly what Simon the sorcerer was trying to do in Acts chapter 8. And I'm telling you, many people think decisions don't matter. They matter a great deal. And sometimes people wonder, why can't I get anything to work? Well, I'm wondering... What have you done with the anointing? What are you doing with Holy Ghost meetings? What are you doing when the rain falls from heaven? How are you responding? Are you sitting there giving a drink offering to a false god in your little old bump on a log self? Or are you actually drinking the rain and responding to the covenant and treating the anointing with respect? Because it's going to have everything to do with the fields of your offerings. Now what I really want to talk to you about more than that is the anointed shield of faith. Great to God. Woo! And, and I'll make a couple of statements about that, but before I do, you need to know in antiquity, there were metal shields, there were leather shields, there were wooden shields, but oil was present in all of them. They'd take the metal shields and they would, they would wipe them with oil. It would clean off the grime and all the blood of the battle and shine the field with pristine uh, clarity so that it wasn't, wouldn't be something that when something hit it 
would, would create a drag or allow it to penetrate. They would restore. Actually, the oil for leather and wooden shields was preservative. And the idea behind that was not only would it preserve the life nature of it, but it strengthened its integrity so that the spears and the arrows would hit it and slide off and not go through it. Now, the oil then was used on both shields. And it was used, first of all, because it was a sign of excellence of how you treated the very weaponry that protected your life. Are you listening to me? So you didn't go into battle without your armor and your shield and your weapons in order. Right? Well, doesn't matter what material it's made from. You can see the preservation effect. You can see the cleansing effect. So what we need to understand is, is we need at least two components in our shield. It needs to be pure. And it needs to have enough integrity where it's strong. Because the idea is in the day of battle, it'll keep the enemy's darts from coming through. It'll hit it and glance off. Now you need to know that in that a shield, say a shield, shield. is supposed to be anointed. So look at your neighbor and say the anointed shield of faith. And I want to look at this verse in the Amplified Classic here in Ephesians chapter 6. I want to say it's verse 16. But look at this now. Glory be to God. Oh, glory be to God. This is powerful. Lift up over all. Over how much? Will there ever be a time you're going to sleep at night or waking up in the morning? Is that is all included in that? When you're sitting down to eat or rising up from the table or making a decision to buy a car or a house, is all included in that? So the just shall live by faith. Not by the interest rate. The just shall live by faith. Not by the length of term so I can get you a certain payment. The just shall live by faith. I said overall. Somebody say overall. Say I live by faith. And there's a reason because faith is your covering shield. I'm about to get to a statement, but I had to take a track to make sure that this statement resonates in your heart and you get a revelation of it. But notice what he says here. Lift up over all the covering shield of saving faith upon which you can quench how many? All. All the flaming missiles of the wicked one. All the flaming missiles of the wicked one. It covers all of you to give you victory over all of that. And your shield needs to be anointed. You don't need to throw your faith away and treat it like it's, no, it's the victory that overcomes the world. It's the thing inside your life that is the number one top tier thing bar none I must live. It's not a choice. It's not like I get a plan A, plan B, contingency plan, addendum. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The just shall live by faith. What is not of faith is sin. Unbelief is an evil heart. Oh, perverse and faithless generation. How long will I be with you? How long do I have to allow this to go on? You need to understand right now that faith, when Jesus returns, will he find, what's he looking for? Faith. faith. What kind of faith? 
Anointed faith. Somebody say anointed faith. Now this is the kind, this is the this is the real point I want to make. Two points I want to make about the connection between faith and the anointing. Because every shield must be anointed. Otherwise, it's of no use. It doesn't have its cleansing power. It doesn't have its integrity. So faith is designed first and foremost to get the will of God done. And to get the will of God done requires miraculous power to intervene in something you can't do in your own strength. And that is called the Holy Ghost. So not faith in the, in the wisdom of men, but faith in the power of God, who is the Holy Spirit, who is the anointing. Amen. Glory be to God. And so we need to understand two things about faith. Number one, faith in and of itself is inherently anointed. Everything that God told us to do, he released power and energy because obedience opens the door to his ways of getting, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit involved. So no one can walk in the spirit unless they're walking by faith. And since the Spirit is the anointing, when I'm walking by faith, inherently, there's an anointing coming on my life that's stopping the enemy by equipment given to me. That, that, listen now, that it's not just born in me, it's not attached to me. I must make a choice to take it up. Do you see that? I will not go to battle without my shield. Glory be to God. Do you hear me? I will not, I will not, I refuse to go to battle without my anointed shield. You have a shield. God has dealt to every man the efficient measure of a sufficient shield. God has dealt to every person a covering shield, a saving shield. God has dealt to every person a shield with which they can stop the enemy in their own life. God has delivered to every person something that they have with them that works 24 hours a day, seven days a week, that they don't have to dial one 7 and make sure everybody's praying. Thank God if you can't get a hold of Pastor Tracy or he doesn't respond to the text on his cell or God forbid you can't reach somebody at the church office. You have a shield. Glory to God. Stop casting away your shield like it's of no count because it's affecting the fields of your increase. Do you see what's going on here? I'm telling you, it affects the dew from heaven. It affects the grass growing from the earth. The just shall live by faith. You've got to live by faith. This is the shield whereby we live. So on the one side, when I choose to live by faith, instantaneously I'm making a choice to honor the anointing. Because if I could do it, I wouldn't have to believe for it. So the fact that I've decided to believe for it, takes it out of the works realm entirely because why would I have to believe for it if I could do it? So faith now puts me in a different arena where grace is active and my covenant partner has to manifest, which means power's got to intervene here because I can't do this on my own. It's why I do it by faith. 
It's why I do it by faith. Because I'm humble. If I'm going to try to do it my own strength and take on the care of it and figure it out and make it work and sharpen the pencil and blow off the racer and, and get in the spin cycle, well, you know, don't expect your fields to flourish. Expect what the world gets that has no covenant. But if you want to have a clear delineating line between what God will do for you and God will do for a non-covenant uncircumcised son or daughter, whoo, Oil your shield up. Pick your shield up. And decide right now, there is no other option. I will live every day, every breath, every moment of every day by my sh behind my shield, behind my otherworldly gift that will quench the every fiery dart of the wicked one. And we have to understand now, by the Spirit here, what it's designed to do. And that is this. It is designed... Not only is it anointed in and of its own self because it's inherently anointed, the moment I decide to live by faith, I've literally decided to take a step into a supernatural endowment of God's anointing operating in my life. But the flip side is this. It was given to me to attach to that anointing. That, that anointing is attached to that shield. That shield ought to be soaked with the anointing. It ought to be rubbed and washed daily with that anointing. You shouldn't, come out, you shouldn't come out of any battle without washing your shield with oil. Some of y'all need an oil change. <laughs> folks, several of you got an oil change Friday night. But I can look at some folks and I can tell you, you got some miles on you. You can tell sometimes when they walk down the hall with their countenance, they've been, Woo, been a long week. <laughs> well, I'm telling you right now, the devil's having a long day. <sighs> we got some mighty warriors in the house. I said, we got some mighty warriors in the house. Say, I have a supernatural over all my life, over everything I touch, over everything that's dear to me. Naturally, spiritually, earthly, heavenly, me, my spouse, my children, my grandchildren, over everything that I have influence over or that concerns me, I have a covering, shield of anointed, delivering, powerful, miracle-working, saving faith. Woo! And it will stop. Glory to God. It will stop everything right now. Listen. Can I say something to you? I just want three worlds to hear me say it. I don't care what the devil's planning to do. I have a shield going to stop whatever he's planning. That's how. Woo. Hey, hey, let me show you what Jesus said quickly. We're going we're gonna to move along very quickly here. Go to the book of Mark. Hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. Woo. Yeah, the Holy Ghost, that's how. I want you to know we got a ghost in here. And say, oh, that church haunted. No, it's blessed, but we got a ghost in here, all right. 
You know, I was thinking today, when I was thinking about this, <laughs> uh, one of our members, of course, is working uh, and, and ministry helps right now. And I don't necessarily see him in the room, but he's probably down the hall listening. Uh, but it's Brian Greathouse. He was in the, years ago, Brian was in a group of young men that when Lori and I were very young and early in the ministry, we came back to Texarkana and we were in the room. And one of his friends, his last name was Abernathy, and I'll never forget it. He had had an issue. And I was talking to him about miracles today and healing and all of that. And they were about 12 or 13 years of age. And he had, I don't know if he was playing basketball, what he was doing, but he had, his ankle was swollen up about the size of a softball. He had been playing maybe basketball or something, but he had had an injury and it was hurting him and you could tell it was hurting him. So I just sat him in the chair and had him stick his feet out and just took his feet like this. And, and, I, and I prayed over him, used the name of Jesus, laid hands on him, told him, you know, and uh, all of a sudden he watched it and the swelling went whoop. I mean, before his eyes. And he went, oh. Oh, he got up, he goes, oh, oh, started looking at Brian, didn't know what to do. Brian, tell you, verify this story. He said, listen now, he said, spooky, man, spooky. I got to thinking about that today, and that's exactly what it is. We got a ghost in here. <laughs> it's just a holy one. It's not an unclean one. It's not the departed, you know, spirit of your great old auntie grandma that you conjure up with candles that gets it about 50% right after they fish around for a little bit and read the palm of your hand. I've already read your life. We know how this story ends. I can tell you fortune. In fact, I'll prophesy your future. It's going to be well with you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In fact, I'll tell you your fortune. God said he's going to restore your fortunes. So if you lost a fortune, it's coming back. That's your fortune. Woo! If you get on the it is finished side, if you get on the anointed shield side, if you get on the covenant side, if you flow with God, oh, there's no place to be like here right now. Oh, glory be to God. I wouldn't be anywhere on God's green earth and where the anointing was flowing and I knew God was telling the people to be there. I'm there. Do what I told you to do. Say what I tell you to say. I'm with you and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. Woo! You're running with a company that's going to win. Every missile's going down. I said every missile's going down in the name of Jesus. You say, well, you know, I've had one or two that hit the mark. Well, you know what? He'll heal the marks. And now he's going to put you in a place where you'll never be afraid another one will ever hit the mark. Because I'm just going to tell you God's a restoring God. Woo, glory be to God. Now I want to show you something Jesus said to his disciples. And I am... Uh, can you tell? You know, there's two different kind of people. Well, it's probably a lot of different kind of two. I know how that sounded when I said it. But the two I'm talking about. <laughs> there's two kinds of old dur. Notice I said dur. Older people. No, no, not the right word. There are two kinds of more mature people. Those who think they're older and somehow have lived long enough that they think 
that they can say whatever the heck they want, whenever the heck they want, to whoever they want. Say it. Because I'm old and you've got to listen to me and I've earned the right to say this. This is the way I feel about it. That's not the mature person I ever intend to be. Then there's the other mature person. And that other mature person gets so bold because they're so sure of what God is in and what he's not in that they don't give a rip what you say and their identity isn't about your, uh, your, your, your opinion of them. I'm in that second class. And I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but God took whatever boldness I did have, which is already too much for most people, And he put that on steroids. Because he's telling me we got to have some modern day Davids to deal with these modern day Goliaths. He's telling me we got to have some folks that won't back down. We can't have a generation that looks at a bunch of limp-wristed, you know, weak preachers. No, glory be to God. This isn't the hour to back off this covenant. Woo, glory be to God. And you know, I'm finding scriptures. Now, I've always read them. I always knew where they were there. I even quoted them. I've even preached on them. But now I'm finding them. Do you understand the difference between the two? And here's one of them today that came alive in my heart, and the Lord told me to preach it to you, so I'm going to preach it. It's in Mark 16. And instead of starting down where we always start, which is going to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, we're going to start a verse above that. And the reason we're going to start a verse above that is because this is written in a real-life story of Jesus' life and ministry, and it's written like a playwright. There's a guy in the corner who's the narrator, and the words in black are as important as the words in red. And they are because it tells us why he said what he said. And so over here on the side, they're saying, meanwhile, you know, and then, and then, the, and then the play, right? So we've got a narrator here, and the narrator says this. Afterward. So, you know, he's risen from the dead. This is Mark 16, 14. So he's over in the corner, right? Now, Jesus is about to show up and do something. You're about to watch the play, but he's about to tell you why Jesus is going to do this. He says over here on the side, he's out behind the curtain, you know. He said, afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them for their unbelief and the hardness of heart. Because, and meanwhile, they're over here, you know, you got the spotlight on them. They're not really saying anything. They're acting stuff because he's narrating, right? And they're going, and over here acting, you know, like, I don't know what's going on. (laughs) It's a church play and I'm doing it all by myself. This young generation just thinks they know his illustrated sermons. I was acting like transformers, you know. My kids were little, you know, I acted like a transformer in church to talk about renewing your mind. I was an ironing board once. I was talking about God smoothing out the round. I just flopped on the floor and started doing all this with my Bob. You know, some folks have seen us. And I think this is where they got that religious tradition. 
They used to say it about God. You never know what God's going to do. Well, if that's the case and he shows me to do something, you might never know what I'm going to do. So, because they believed not them, which had seen him after he was risen. Then it cuts to a little scene and Mary Magdalene's over here just all excited. <laughs> Meanwhile, the disciples are having a pity party because they don't believe. Now, this is the scene. Eleven world changers in the same room. And let's look at their attitude and their spiritual condition. These are the 11 guys Jesus is about to turn over his ministry to. Let's read it in the Amplified Classic. Here's where the boldness starts having a capital B. I guess when you've been resurrected and hell can't hold you, you can pretty much say what you want. <laughs> Afterward, he appeared to the 11 apostles themselves as they reclined at table. Look, look what Jesus did. Now, this is his leadership. These are his church members that have been faithful for 20 years. In this case, three. So just in case you ever get the foul, ungodly, demonic, American churchy idea that when I get bold on a Sunday morning speaking to our congregation that I really miss God because the Holy Ghost doesn't talk that way, then surely Jesus, who knew the Holy Ghost, if he can talk like this, that sometimes he talks this way to his people. Especially people that know better and are more mature and it's about time they get about doing something with what they've heard. And what did he say? They reclined at table. That's exactly what the church is doing. And he did what? Say reproved them. Reproached them. I probably ought to bring some definitions up about that, but I won't. Let's just say it wasn't the easiest staff meeting he had ever conducted on their end. And what was he getting on them about? This was the target issue. They had cast away their shield, left it on the battle full of mire and blood, like the covenant wasn't going to bring him back from the dead. Of all people that should have believed. And notice what he says their unbelief was the result of. Lack of faith because of what? So what really is unbelief? Mm -hmm. Which is why you need an oil change. That's why you need your shield rubbed with oil. It takes that leather restores its integrity, keeps it from being hard and brittle where the sword can punch through it and will restore it where it's supple and movable and hard and full of integrity where the shield glances off, where the arrow glances off of it. We need an oil change. We need our shield anointed with oil. And what I want you to see is the context. 
He's sitting with the 11. And this is what he's about to say to them. And he said unto them. And he said unto them. According to the scripture, he said this because he's reproving them, reproaching them, correcting them for where they were, the condition he found them in because of hardness of heart and no belief. And he's saying this to them. Now we have recorded what he said to them. So now this is not like an invitation. If you want to, you know, you can have the whole world. I bought it back for you. I mean, you can be anything you want to be. That's not the, that's not the tonation here. The tonation is here. What are you doing sitting here? Go! Get up off your blessed assurance with your hard-hearted self, believe in nothing, first church of the Frigidaire, and go with this gospel. I'm raised from the dead. You're the victor. Why are you acting like the world when the king is on you? Do you see what's going on here? This is a command. This is a co-mission. And he, he wants to go to the world, and he can't unless you're willing. It's a co-mission, not a commission, a co-mission. He's got a mission. He needs a co. And he can't go unless his co goes. Amen? And we have two airplanes. There's certain things we can do in one of them by ourselves. But he can't go by himself, and I can't go by myself. Not in the one that flies higher, faster, farther, carries more people and reaches the world. Yes, Are you listening to what I'm saying? Yes. You've got to have a co in place that knows what he's doing. Yes. Especially when emergencies arise. Yes. Most especially when you can't reach the circuit breaker over here and the plane's going like this because the autopilot goes out. You've got to have somebody that doesn't go, ah, 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 ah. You've got to find somebody that can find a circuit breaker and pull the power. Are you listening to me? Yes, sir. God is looking for some people Amen. to fly with him all over the world yeah. with a power and an energy and an authority that beyond anything you've ever dreamed. Yes. He's looking for a people that will not treat faith and miracles and what they've learned common in the day of battle and just throw it aside trying to survive the world and the end times. He's looking for a people that will have the honor for the most honorable thing in the room that will honor the anointing to the degree that I will never, ever again finish my day without bringing my shield home. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? Yes. Is anybody in the house here? Yes. The mighty shield. The mighty shield. The shield of the mighty ones. Yes. Say faith, faith is the shield of the mighty ones. The of the mighty I'm a mighty one. I'm anointed. I have faith. I have what I need because the anointing responds to my faith. Say now the anointing, which is the power, which is the Holy Ghost, responds to my faith. That means when God wants me to prophesy, I'm not going to sit back and worry about my feelings, all afraid I might do something wrong, 
reclining at my table. I'm going to prophesy. I'm going to prophesy. I'm going to operate in tongues like Brother Clifford. I'm going to operate interpretation like Sister Annette. I might even dance a little like Brother Tracy. I might even grow up in this thing, glory be to God, and lay my hands on somebody and they get healed in Albertsons and not wait on Brother Tracy to call me up. I don't know. He never called me to pray for the sick. Well, because you just crawl in the corner if you think about praying for them at the grocery store. I'm not going to put you on display up here when you're scared out there. Look, bro, <laughs> uh, come on now, go, go, go and preach, 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 do it by faith, do it in faith. Don't be afraid of where you go. Isn't that right, girl? Yes, sir. God sent you to a war zone. The battle's already over for you because you've got a name. Do you hear what I said? In the will of God is the safest place to be in the world. I said inside the will of God is the safest place to be in the world. You think you're safe reclining at your table doing nothing in hard-hearted unbelief? You're in the most dangerous, vulnerable place you could ever be. When you get up in boldness and use your faith, respond to the anointing and anoint your shield with oil. Well, I might make a mistake. You've already made one. You won't go. You've already made years worth of mistakes because you won't get out of your chair. You won't respond to the anointing. The rain's falling. You won't drink. You let your shield lay over in the corner all dusty, full of blood. Blaming it on God like, I don't know why this had to happen to me. Pick up your shield. Pick up your shield. Act like Jesus did what he said, that he's alive, that his name works, that faith will stop the devil. Realize you have dominion and stand nose to nose, eye to eye, and toe to toe with him and tell him in no uncertain terms, I've drawn a bloodline and a double dog near you. Glory to God. I believe now's a great time for fields of offerings. I believe now, I mean, I'm, I'm about finished preaching, but I, I can keep preaching while you start sowing. It's time right now for us to understand everything we do, we do by faith. And we do it in the anointing. And you know you're in the spirit of faith when, when the anointing is moving, you respond to the anointing. And this is what Jesus is saying. They're sitting back. Reclining at the table, trying to figure out how's it all going to turn out. I mean, all this stuff is going on. Our leader died. I don't know what to do. They might kill us next. And Jesus has to, in a resurrected form, appear in a room with those 11 men behind locked windows and closed doors to say to them, what in the world do you think you're doing? Whose teaching did you listen to for three years? Were you there the day the storm stopped? Do you even remember? 
20,000 people being fed. Do you have a clue that I walked through the crowd with rocks and they couldn't even find me? Do you not understand that 6,000 demons screamed and went into pigs because I was standing there? Do you not know seven devils came out of Mary Magdalene and she became one of our staunch supporters? Were you not there when we needed an offering and they broke open a year's worth of wages and brought an unusual, spectacular, extraordinary offering to get me into the next phase of ministry? Peter, weren't you there when you had to fall down at my knees and grab my ankles and, and, the, and the boat was sinking for the fish? What are you doing sitting here? That's right. I'm trying to help you get the picture of what's going on between him and his closest associates. You can't talk to people like this unless you have a relationship with them. That's why people cut and run all the time in church when they get just a little bit of Boldness. Yeah. I go somewhere where they make a better foam on my cappuccino. Well, that's fine. Go ahead and keep your shield in the corner. If there's going to day come, well, we'll be trying to console you because around your house, you'll be going, How mighty have fallen! How mighty have fallen! And you know, because you're merciful, you don't say, I told you. I'm getting real today. I didn't know I was going to get quite this real, but I'm getting real today. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I've been real enough, Pastor. That's enough. Let, let me just read this, okay? Look what Jesus said. Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth. You see that phrase? He that believeth. He's clearly addressing the issue he found them in. He said, boys, you think you've got a lot of ministry problems. He pulled a little shambach on them. You ain't got no problems. All you need is faith in God. When he appeared in that room, that's what he pulled on them. He said, boys... He said, you ain't get nothing in here eating yourself served ice cream. Talking about, wow, wasn't that a good service? Did you see all those crazy people laughing in that service? You never seen anything like that? <laughs> He's asking them, hey, I equipped you to swim. Why didn't you get in the river? Hey, why isn't your shield anointed? Why didn't you respond? The gifts of the Spirit work by faith. That's right, they do. Glory to God. I'm readying an army that I'm rising up and I will select those who pass the grade. For you've been in a season of manifold heaviness and temptation. But I'm looking for those who hadn't swerved or swayed. Because you're very near the opening of the door where this mighty army, which will break rake no more, has been tested 
and are battle sure. Get ready, saith the Lord, because they will be issued a new shield that's clean and pure. And they'll rise up with an unfeigned faith and wreak havoc in the land and turn the world right side up. For you shall see this people that I have been preparing raised up not many days hence, you see. Ta cristanado, sorridenge, brada medangolo fosa, sambranzo go, oh, baradeshe profafradeshe. So ready yourself and quit yourself like men and be strong. Get ready for the day at hand, for the hour shall grow darker, but you shall grow greater, and the enemy shall decline. And you shall incline, own up to the seat that I have prepared for you. So prepare yourself because your fields will certainly have heavenly dew. <laughs> A strange breed indeed from man to man, mano e mano. And it shall be, saith the Lord, that they shall march toward their enemy with glee. And they will casually laugh with each other. And they shall say, ha, 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 I wonder if the enemy knows he's going to flee. Ha, 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 I wonder if the enemy knows that today is the day he will bow the knee. Ha, 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 I wonder if he knows no weapon will prosper against me. Embrote nishnigala sopre de keblafra. Eh, eh. And soon and very soon, these people that are hearing these words, their heart is being uniquely and heavenly stirred. And they're going to begin to raise their arms and worship and feel free as a bird. And they say, aha, aha, I knew there was more. Aha, aha, I must do this thing that's in store. And laughing, it will dawn on their heart, boom, and revelation will explode that the Spirit of God will use you, the enemy's, the enemy's walls, to implode. So know that I'm sitting you and I'll be with you all the way for you've entered my children a great brand glorious new day ho 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 stand on your feet real quick strengthen the knee the feeble knees lift up the hands which hang down begin to shout in the house today glory to God Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Let's get the worship team back up here. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Now listen, listen, listen. A lot of people wonder, why don't we see more power? Well, he tells them right here, Jesus has told them the answer. He said, go into all the world. Where? 
preach the gospel to every creature. Who? Every creature. So the whole world includes here. Every creature includes you here and those of you watching and anybody that comes across this stream anywhere in the world. Huh? He that believeth. Come on now. He that believeth. He that believeth where? He that believeth where else? See, it's possible for anyone anywhere in the world to believe. Oh, come on now. You gotta, you gotta understand. This is not exclusive. This is the kingdom come. Thy will be done. Available to help anybody that will hear it and act on it. Step up into what Jesus' blood has paid for for their lives. And He said, "If you believe, you'll be saved." Anyone, anywhere that believes will be delivered. Anyone, anywhere that believes will be delivered. Throw your hands up and say, I believe right now. Say, I have a shield lifted up over all my life. It's a covering shield. It's an anointed shield. And nothing can withstand the anointing of my shield. My shield. My anointed shield will quench. Stop, put out, destroy every weapon, every arrow, all the fires, all the missiles, anything the enemy is even planning yet. It does not matter whatever he's planning. My shield will put it out. He that believeth and is baptized. He that believeth is baptized. Baptized means immersed. And because the church world is so religious, they think dunk them in water. Well, you can do that, but that's the Bible says that's the answer of a conscience and your flesh toward God. He said the cleansing of dunking in water of your flesh doesn't do anything for your inner man. He said, here's what will baptize your inner man, faith in that name. I'm going to baptize you. I'm going to immerse you into that name. And when you take that name to any nation of the world, anyone, anywhere in the world that develops faith in that name, these miracles will begin to fall on their lives. That's what he said. Take your shield up. Oh, take your shield up. That's one of the things we're going to do in this school is develop faith in that name. Here's why. Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 3. Most people don't know this, but look at this spiritual law. Notice what it says about his name. Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 3. Because of the savor of your good ointments. Anybody know what an ointment is? It's anointing oil. He said, the savor of your good ointments is poured forth. What does he say was poured forth? Because the savor, the aroma, the impact, the covering, the washing of your good anointing, your good anointing oil, your name. Somebody say, your name. name. Is that anointing poured forth? So Jesus told them in Mark 16, these signs shall follow them. 
them that believe. He's saying this to the 11. Why? Because they were in unbelief. Unless he corrects those 11, we don't have the Acts of the Apostles. We don't have the rest of the New Testament hardly. Unless he gets this fixed and his closest leaders, the world is not going to know Jesus is alive. Because the only way the world's going to know that he's alive is they're going to use faith in his name and the same stuff is going to happen that happened when he was here on earth doing it. It is so easy to get people to believe God has power to forgive their sins when a leg grows out. And you don't even have to be born again to get healed. Just that name. When they know the name... Save their life. It's easy to have an altar call. Come on now. I'm telling you, when we get faith in that name, we'll speak with a new tongue. And this is huge. As he says, if you drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt you. It will not hurt you. The overall covering shield, the anointed shield of faith, faith in that name. In that name. Through faith in that name. I give you power. And authority, Jesus said, over all the power of the enemy. And no thing shall by any means harm you. Not one thing ever can harm you. Not in morning, not at noon, not in the evening, not planned, not schemed, not strategized, not from men, not from demons. Not now, not in your past, not in your future. I am with you for you have lifted up over all the covering shield of saving, delivering faith. The Holy Ghost is with you. How's that ever going to happen? The Holy Ghost, that's how. The anointing, that's how. The power, that's how. Faith in the power. Faith in the anointing, which is faith in a person. Who is that person? The Holy Ghost. And we know the Holy Spirit is doing this because of the first sign. The first sign says, in my name they'll cast out devils. So if it'll cast the devil out, surely it'll undo all his works. Sign number two, this is huge. They shall speak with new tongues. What, who speaks with new tongues? Folks filled with the Holy Ghost. So you got to understand, this isn't just faith signs. These are Holy Ghost signs. These are Holy Ghost manifestations. Till the Holy Ghost gets in the house, there are not going to be many devils cast out because Jesus cast out devils by the Spirit of God. Till the Holy Ghost gets in the house, there are not going to be many people healed because the Holy Spirit's the healing spirit. Till the Holy Ghost gets in the house, there's not going to be many people staggering around. Because he's the one. He's the one that grants the tongue. He's the one that gives the utterance. He is the prayer who knows the mind of the Father that takes up residence in you. And you become the temple of the Holy Ghost and he prays through you. These aren't just signs that we go get to do, which is why people never do any that believe miracles have passed away. Because they're not full of the Holy Ghost. They think they got it all when they got saved. Well, you can't be saved without the Holy Ghost, but you didn't get all of it. You got to be born with the Spirit and filled with the Spirit. Jesus was born of the Spirit and filled with the Spirit. The disciples were born of the Spirit and filled with the Spirit. And you're not better than them, and you're not going to get the power just being born of the Spirit. You got to be filled with the Spirit. Because you got saved to go to heaven. You got saved for you. But if you want to do something for the world, you got to get filled. The world doesn't need you. The world needs the Holy Ghost. 
The world needs that name. It doesn't need your religious tradition and your ideas of your hermeneutical, exegetical study of the Greek and Hebrew. I tell you, Smith Wigglesworth said somebody reads the Bible in Hebrew and somebody else reads it in Greek, but I choose to read the Bible in the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you, that's who I am right now. I know, I mean, a smidgen of Greek. I know of Hebrew, but I know of the Holy Ghost because he's the answer. Because we're not going to get miracles out of our head. We're going to get miracles out of our heart where faith is. Faith in a person. Faith in the power. Faith in the anointing. Faith in the Holy Ghost. How's that ever going to happen? The Holy Ghost. That's how. Woo! Now, the Lord told me this, so I'm going to leave this with you. Oh, there's, there's much more to do, but I, I'm just going to give it in a synopsis here. He told me to tell you today to expect the unexpected. Glory be to God. He told me some unusual things are going to begin to happen in your life. Unusual things means things that aren't habitually or commonly occurring or done. So your life is about to go from common to uncommon. Your life is about to go from the expected to the unexpected. I'm telling you, he said unusual things. Now, unusual also defined is remarkable or interesting because they're different from or better than others. I'm telling you, there's some things going to happen to you never happened to you before. There's some good things about to happen to you. You need to expect a miracle. You need to expect the unexpected. Glory be to God. 